goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Bo Snurdly is in the house with you. And I'm glad you're here. 800-848-WABC is the number to call if you'd like to be on the program today. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. A lot has uh, has transpired in the uh, 23 hours since we were last with you. Uh, A lot happening with Donald Trump. Today he was in the appeals court dealing his lawyers with the issue of immunity. If you look at the mainstream press accounts of it, the word skepticism comes up in almost every headline. The judges were skeptical. The judges were skeptical, et cetera, et cetera, of claims that he's immune to prosecution. One of the stories that I saw, and then I looked in, and it's all of them, the issue was raised that according to one of the, one of the judges in the case asked if this claim of immunity would allow a president to assassinate his predecessor uh it it's bizarre the, the line of, one of the bizarre lines of questioning um and to authorize the prosecution, the pers- prosecution of a president for sh- official acts would open a Pandora's box from which this nation may never recover, said one of uh, Donald Trump's lawyers. The judges were skeptical about those arguments. So we shall see how this goes. This is a three-judge panel. Depending on the ruling, the Trump legal team may ask the full court to hear it. This, of course, could end up at the Supreme Court, this immunity issue. But the real story, I think, is what it does to the timeline. Because we are now in January And you know that Judge Chutkin wanted this case to start in March. Depending on how these rulings come out, this may blow a hole in the timeline that Jack Smith and the Biden administration wanted. The Biden administration, you say? Yes, the Biden administration wanted to try to get this done before the elections. Yesterday, we spoke about the way that the Democrats pander to use black folks all the time. And during the course of this discussion, I happened to mention Hillary Clinton's speech where she's trying to sound black. This was down there at the, at the bridge in Selma, Alabama back when John Lewis was alive, and the Democrats all went down there for Bridge Day to celebrate the Civil Rights Movement. Hillary's imitating, trying to do her best to imitate a black preacher. Well, 
I happened to mention that Lisa sent me the, the clip right away. Diego, while on the air, multitask, was able to reel it off so we could play it for you. Right before the show today, Princess Diana, the lovely, the incredible princess of policy for this program, sends me a clip that the RNC put out today. Apparently, Biden echoed Hillary. And so the RNC used that same Hillary bite that I just happened to. I hadn't even heard this was part of Biden's speech. I just recalled it yesterday as one of the ways that black that, that she pandered and Democrats have been pandering to black voters for ages. You remember, too, Hillary Clinton went on, uh, uh, I think it was Charlemagne the God, and pulled out some hot sauce and started cackling about how she likes hot sauce on everything. In parenthesis, James, it's like black people. I like hot sauce on my chicken wings, I guess was supposed to be the, the message that we got. Uh, but apparently Joe Biden, well, Princess Di sent it. I haven't heard the two back to back because I got it right before the show. Diego, why don't you play it? And let's hear it. says, this is what the RNC says, Biden versus Hillary, 15 years apart. So let's listen. I don't feel no ways tired. I'm too far from where I started from. Nobody told me that the road would be easy. I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. We've come too far from where we started. Nobody told me the road would be easy. I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. My fellow Americans, I don't think the good Lord brought us this far to leave us behind. Boy, oh boy, this is just, thank you, Princess Di. This is just, let's play it again. I don't feel no ways tired. I don't feel no ways tired. We've come too far from where we started. Nobody told me the road would be easy. I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. My fellow Americans, I don't think the good Lord brought us this far to leave us behind. Pathetic. All right, pathetic. Pathetic. Democrats are about to drop $35 million to try to get the black vote. They're worried. I have that story in the news stacks, multiple stacks of news. I have that story. Here is one of the headlines. Black voters rejecting Biden as support dwindles ahead of 2024. Everything was better under Trump. And then Washington Post aiming to retake House, the DCCC, invest $35 million to mobilize voters of color. They are worried. We can get to those stories. But first, uh, apparently there are news stories out. This dropped yesterday. 
know whether you've heard about this, Diego. Somebody might be tapping Fanny. You have a puzzled look on your face. Fanny Willis? So apparently somebody's tapping Fanny. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you heard about this? Somebody tapping Fanny? Didn't hear about that. Okay. TJ didn't hear about it? Nobody heard about this. Well, here's the story. Somebody getting some Fanny, apparently. Um, here's from the Daily Mail. I always like reading from Daily Mail because they know how to frame stories. Exclusive. Invoices from lawyer Lover hired by Fannie Williams to prosecute Donald Trump in election interference case show he had two eight-hour meetings with the Biden White House counsel. Now, there's a lot to unpack here. So let's go through the bullet points. Fulton County D.A. Willis, that would be Fanny, the Fanny, hired an attorney. His name is Nathan Wade as an anti-corruption special prosecutor to investigate Donald Trump's alleged election interference. Here comes the second point. In a bombshell filing, Trump co-defendant Michael Roman, he's one of those that is also being persecuted by Fannie, claimed that this guy, Nathan Wade, that she hired, and Fannie Willis are having an affair. They traveled to Napa Valley, to Florida. They took a Caribbean cruise together. Third bullet point. Wade was paid almost $654,000 as a special prosecutor assisting Fannie's sprawling probe of Trump election overturn effort, the documents say. So now there's a lot to put together here. So let's just go through it. Michael Roman, who's also on trial, issued a court filing. In that filing, he said, hey, 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 hey. Hey, this guy that Fanny hired is boinking her. That's against the rules. They're boinking together. That's number one. Then he says, this guy's been paid a lot of money, $654,000 by the woman that he is allegedly boinking, the fanny. Then, on top of all of it, and by the way, they got receipts. There are receipts. You see that? I'm holding up so receipts from his law office. They got receipts. Then, on top of it, they say this guy went up and met with Joe Biden's special counsel. I mean, he charged him for it. He he put in expenses for meeting with Biden, which means that despite all the claims that Biden has been hands-off with this persecution of Donald Trump in Georgia, there are now allegations that the White House special counsel has been colluding. There's a word, colluding with Fanny and Fanny's lover, alleged lover. 
So Donald Trump is saying, hey, hey, this, this, if this stuff is true, you got to throw these cases out. It's illegal. What she did is illegal, so we'll let the state handle. But what a sad situation it is, Donald Trump added. He said, you got a very big event. You saw in Georgia where the district attorney is totally compromised. The case has to be dropped. So we'll see what happens there. Charges that the guy that Fanny hired is boinking Fanny. And uh, while he's boinking Fanny in between time, the cruises and the the like, he's also headed up to D.C. hanging out with Joe Biden's White House counsel, colluding, apparently, or so it appears, on the persecution of Donald Trump. Something isn't right here. The wonder, no one saw this. I don't think this was the lead story last night on the big three networks. I don't think who's boinking Fanny even came up. I don't think this collusion with the White House. I certainly didn't see it on the front page of the Amazon Prime Washington Post this morning. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm, hmm. So we shall see. So it's been a big day in Washington with this appeals court hearing the case of immunity. We shall see where that goes and the impact that that will have. And we shall also see if this, if this fanny blinking business gets any traction outside of being reported in places that are not quote unquote the big mainstream media. 800-848-WABC is the number to call. That's amazing, the things that happen. You know this song. Birthday today. Jimmy Page. Guitarist, producer, member of the Yardbirds, and of course, of Led Zeppelin. Led Zepp's fourth album in 1971 sold over 37 million copies, largely in part to the success of this song. There's a lady who's sure all that glitters is gold, and she's buying the stairway. I wonder if we'll find Fanny on that stairway. There she knows If the stores are all closed With the word she can get What she came for Where's my Fanny? Ooh, 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 ooh. And she 
Aretha asked back in the day, who's Zooming who? Time to ask Fanny. Who's blinking who? WABC, Boston Early Rush Hour, 800-848-WABC. That's how you reach us. By the brook, there's a songbird who sings. Sometimes all of our thoughts are misused. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour. Is on the air. Rush, rush. Now here's Bo Snerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more. Birthday today, 1965. Trinidadian, he's a Trini, but he's also a German American singer. Trini born German American singer Hathaway. Celebrating his birthday today, 1993. This song went to the number one single in 13 different countries. Still sounds great. I've come too far. I don't feel no ways tired. I come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me that the road would be easy. I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. We've come too far from where we started. Nobody told me the road would be easy. I don't believe you brought me this far to leave me. My fellow Americans, I don't think the good Lord brought us this far to leave us behind. Yeah. Most nerdly rush hour here on WABC. Uh, Mayor Adams has begun relocating 2,000 illegal migrants today. From Floyd Bennett Field, they are headed to Brooklyn, a Brooklyn high school, James Madison High School to be exact, in Midwood. And Adam's spokesperson, Kyla Memelak, or Memelak, I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name, I'm not trying to make fun of it. Mamalak, that's what I said the first, Mamalak. Miss Mamalak. Mamalock. I like that name. I'm a Mamalock. Yep. Anyway, Miss Mamalock said we're currently overseeing the relocation of 1,900 guests. <laughs> guest. Guest. <laughs> guest. 1,900 guests from the Humanitarian Emergency Response and Relief Center at Floyd Bennett Field due to an updated forecast of wind speeds estimated to be 
over 70 miles an hour. Now, 70 miles an hour takes you in the upper realms of a tropical storm. And Floyd Bennett Field is in a flood zone. And with the weather that is expected, things could get ugly, so they're moving people. Uh, Speaking of what's going on with the illegal migrant population in New York, two additional suspects have been arrested in connection with the stabbing death of one of the illegal immigrants who was chased down, viciously attacked at Randall's Island's tent city. Uh, two guys, one 33, the other 27, have been charged. One of them, Moses Coronado, 27, is the suspected knifeman. Apparently, the guy... Uh, Coronado said something to, to the to the victim's girlfriend. He didn't like it, so he stabbed him to death. He's been arraigned on murder and, and gang assault charges. Pled not guilty. Of course, you, the generous taxpayers of New York, are fully funding his legal defense. And we'll fund his jail time, but don't worry about it. You're funding everything else. Don't complain. Uh, the mayor of Chicago. This guy is a piece of work. This Brandon Johnson. This guy is a piece of work. Brandon Johnson says that Governor Abbott He was on PMSNBC, where he argued that Mayor Abbott is attacking, attacking, attacking cities run by black leaders. That's the latest charge. So he's busting in. He was on with Sharpton, actually, on PMSNBC, So the good and rightful Reverend Al asked him, what are your thoughts about this case and, and, and what action would you consider today? You're absolutely right about the intentions of Governor Abbott. He's attacking democratically run cities and particularly cities that are being led by black leaders or leaders of color. This is unconscionable. I mean, it's a very raggedy approach. And quite frankly, not only is it reckless and raggedy, but it's evil-spirited. You see, my friends, if you dare, because, you know, America is a racist society, according to the left, through and through, a bunch of racists, So if you elect a black person to office, no matter what you do that they don't like, you have opened up your chart yourself to being called a racist because they will pull the black card on you in a heartbeat. Never mind he's sending, never mind these people have openly stood on the soapbox and said, hey, we're a sanctuary city. You Republicans are evil. 
we welcome immigrants. You hate immigrants. So we, Mayor, Governor Abbott says, hey, you're a sanctuary city. You said the doors are open. We're a little bit overrun here. We've still got a lot more illegal immigrants than you do. Why don't we send you a few? And instead of saying thank you, this guy says, Abbott's a racist. You're a racist. How dare you send us illegal immigrants? You're a racist. You're attacking us. You're attacking cities that are run by black leaders. Well, tell you what, let's not elect any more black leaders in these cities and the racism problem will be solved. A, is that what's supposed to be the response? These people are pathetic. Pathetic. 1941. Birthday. Joan Baez. What is there to say about the American folk singer, songwriter, musician, and yes, leftist political activist, Joan Baez, it hasn't been said. Listen early to rush hour. Your calls, I see them. We're going to grab some calls when we get back. Hang in there with us. 800-848-WABC is our number. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. On this day in 2020, English songwriter and uh, singer Harry Styles jumped to number one on the United States of America charts with his second studio album, Fine Line, got a Grammy Award for Best Pop Solo Performance. And this one, Watermelon Sugar, won a British Award for the British Single of the Year. Harry Styles on WABC. Talk Radio 77. You know, you, you, you get those calls. Yes, I said we're going to the phones, and we will. Just give me a second. You know how you get those calls and these spam calls, and you can tell that somebody's trying to scam you because they just it just doesn't sound right. They use the English language in ways that you don't, and you're like, this is a scam. Well, get this. Hackers and propagandists are now using... Artificial intelligence chatbots like ChatGPT 
to come up with language that sounds more convincing to English speakers so that they can scam you better. So you just be aware. It's not just these individual scammers. There are nation states involved in some of these scamming operations, and now they're turning to artificial intelligence to make their scam, their phishing, sound more authentic. So be very, very aware of who you're talking, especially, you know, if someone's asking you for information, oh, yeah, yes, oh, in order to do this, we need your credit card. Or they come at you with something that's weird. Yeah, we're the IRS, and there's a case against you in order to resolve this quickly. Or whatever it is, be aware. And no matter how many times you say this, there are still people that are falling for some of these scams. And some of them have gotten good, especially some of the email scams. They're faking uh, identities of your bank, of some of the places you do business with. Anytime that you begin to see yourself starting to enter in or respond to anything with information that tells these people how to get into any aspect of your life, stop yourself. Regardless of how convincing it is. Best way to do it, hey, give me a number and your name. I'll call you back. And if if you do reach them, and people are asking you for your passwords, for your for your credit card information, anything, call the source. If it's your bank, call the bank. If it's a store, it may take, it's a pain in the neck. But if you're not sure, don't participate. Even if you think this does sound convincing, stop yourself. Am I being scammed? Because these scams, there is so much invested in trying to scam you out of your money. Let's go to the telephone. Sandra in New Jersey, you're up on Boats and Early's Rush Hour. How are you today, Sandra? Oh, I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I hope you're doing well, too. Doing well, thank you. Good. You know, I wanted to say that I, I, I did follow the story today about um, Fanny uh, Willis. It's not on the front page, but maybe it will get there. I want you to know that these accusations, they could become catastrophic for this case if it's true. So what you said, you know, this um, Kenneth Wade, Nathan Wade dating Fanny Willis, and you're saying they went on trips together. So, look. Once they're traveling and they're intimate and stuff, I see it like you do what I want and I'll do what you want. And that's what's going to start to happen. And I remember in my career as a recruiter, it was never really allowed that you date someone in the same company. So this is far more serious. This case affects the whole country and they're doing this. If it's alleged and it's true, uh, this case has to be dismissed because, you know, the organ between the legs, James, I hate to be graphic, but <laughs> sometimes it takes over ethics and the right things. You know, that that organ sometimes makes you do things that normally you wouldn't do. You, am I wrong mm. on that or what? 
Oh, I think you're 100% right on that, he says. Of course, not speaking from experience. Yeah, right. Um, yes, sometimes we think with, um, yes, yes. Uh, and if this is true, I think part of the more serious allegation that needs to be investigated is if the White House, under Joe Biden, and the White House counsel has been coordinating with Fannie Willis. He charged her over $4,000 he put in for expenses for his trip to D.C., where he met with White House counsel for, I think it was over uh, over over the course of, of twice, I believe it was, and I'll check it, uh, eight hours worth of meetings either four or eight hours worth of meetings. So what were they discussing? And why is a representative from Fannie Willis's investigation meeting with Joe Biden's White House, with the special counsel, and with the president's lawyers? Why? So aside from the alleged affair, she's paying him over $600,000 while he's boinking her, which does not meet the appearance of propriety standard. Aside from that, there are now questions as to whether the White House is colluding with Miss Willis for this persecution of Trump. And these are serious allegations, and they need to be answered and addressed. Let's go to Mount Vernon and Frank. Frank, welcome. You're on Boston Release Rush Hour. How are you? Good, James. Thank you so much. Uh, let me get right to it. Uh, for all of your listeners out there, I don't care what color you are, uh, they call Donald Trump a racist, a Nazi, a Gestapo. I want people to take the time to look at the political record of Joe Biden when it comes to race. He was the fair-haired boy of all the Dixiecrat senators, George Wallace called him one of the finest men in the United States for his stance on segregation. Uh, this man, uh, Donald Trump, on the other hand, uh, I want everyone to understand that when there was a woman sitting in prison, she happened to be African-American, uh, Kim Kardashian approached President Trump and said, President Trump, this is a great miscarriage of justice, what's happening to this woman. And Trump said, let me look into it. And as soon as he found out this real story about this woman, he told Kim Kardashian, you are absolutely right. I am ordering her release from prison today. Another example of the racist Trump is the black colleges heads were up in Washington and they had a, a picture signing, a picture job with the president. And the uh, president said, what brings you folks up to D.C. Uh, just to take a picture with me? He said jokingly, because that's the kind of man he is. He, they said, no, sir, we're here for our annual request for a stipend for the historical black colleges. And Donald Trump said, what? Listen, you come up to Washington anytime you want, and you can see me anytime you want. But as far as the budgeting goes, don't worry about it. As long as I'm president, that money will be in the budget. 
And go ask Jesse Jackson what kind of man Donald Trump was when he couldn't get space in New York to run for president. And Donald Trump gave him the space in one of his buildings gratis. Go compare the two and then tell me who's the racist and who's a gentleman. Thank you, James. Frank, thank you for the call. This is something about yesterday. Joe Biden's record is replete with him acknowledging that he was friendly with the segregationist senators from the Deep South. When Joe Biden was representing Delaware, his stance on school and busing, and he said it. He said he did not want his kids going to those jungle schools. Now, there's only one way to translate that remark. Now, you you can go back and look through Joe Biden's, you know what, the progressives in the Democrat Party claim that the crime bill that was passed in the 80s with Clinton was inherently racist. Who was the leader of that crime bill's passage in the United States Senate? It was Joe Biden. Joe Biden at the time said his bill was so tough, the only thing it didn't do was allow a bunch of people to be hung. Joking around about it. Now, I don't particularly think that actually putting criminals away is a bad thing. But since Democrats do, and they think it's racist, well, Joe, how does Joe Biden play out with all of that? Joe Biden has a history. And that history should be examined. And as the caller pointed out, let me just say something else about Donald Trump that a lot of people don't know. Palm Beach County where Mar-a-Lago is, has a few country clubs. As recently as the early 2000s, some of those clubs were off limits if you happen to be Jewish or if you happen to be a person of color. When Donald Trump took over Mar-a-Lago, none of that applied. Everyone, you have the money, you're welcome in the club. And that upset a lot of the quote-unquote old money down in Palm Beach County who wanted to keep their clubs and keep their island free from the quote-unquote riffraff. Donald Trump has done more to demonstrate color blindness where it counts than almost any other public figure. We got to check in with Lou Dobbs. More of your calls coming up. WABC Talk Radio 77. Keep it right here. Her sixth consecutive U.S. number one hit, 1988, Whitney Houston. So emotional. Rush. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. Let's go to Tom in the Bronx. Tom, you're up. What's on your mind? Uh, yes, uh, just concerning January 6th. Uh, January 6th is just a reminder that the police agencies are there to enforce the political will of the people who hold political office, no matter who they, who they are. And what happened to those January 6th protesters being held indefinitely, many of them never went to trial, many of them not being formally charged, uh, again, is just a precursor of what's going to happen to political dissidents across the board, because no one is safe in a police state, whether you're on the left, the right, in the middle, or you find politics just as disinteresting as I might find, uh, I don't know, uh, opera, for example. You know, it does not matter. If you're a person living in a police state, you are a potential victim of the people who hold political power. And that's essentially what we have now. The whole purpose of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights was to obviate the development of a police state in the United States. It was to get away from what we had traditionally in Europe. That was the whole guiding spirit of the Constitution. But under the Democrats, who are Marxist in their political orientation, they're no longer the Democratic Party of the 1950s or 40s. They are a Marxist political organization. They're under, the, under the Democrats, you have a totalitarian police state where the police can and, arbitrarily invade privacy. Uh, they can arbitrarily arrest you because some politician doesn't like you as opposed to you having committed an actual crime. And again, in, this, in these circumstances, everyone is a potential victim. And I want Tom, to remind you, that's why heard, we have heard you amendment. loud and Tom, loud and clear. Rapid phones means rapid. And I thank you, though. You were brilliant. Thank you for the call. Judith, you're up next. Make it quick, please. We're running out of time. Hi, Bo. I'm going to try. Listen, today I'm talking about a despicable person called Susan Sarandon. She gets on my nerves. Her initials are SS. I wonder why. Instead of campaigning for the freedom, oops is right. Instead of campaigning for the freedom of all these innocent hostages, what does she do? She continues to double down on these evil Hamas people. Where, where she supposedly supports them burning babies in microwave ovens, beheading them, and murdering civilians. And guess what, Bo? I hope God gives her and others like her exactly what she or they... I are. don't want to wish evil on anyone, even the people we perceive as evil. I don't want to go there on the show, Judith. But I will say this. Susan Sarandon has been very outspoken. And I think that... It would be interesting to see her called into an account for her own words and actions if she could stand for that interview. Maureen in Connecticut, we are so running out of time, but I wanted to grab you in real quick. Oh, hi, Bo. Um, um, it bothered me about this. I don't feel no uh, way tired because I thought that they were taking it from Martin Luther King. I looked it up and it says J- uh, Reverend James Cleveland used that phrase. Yes. He said, We've got a record on that. So if they're plagiarists. And the other thing is today is President Nixon's birthday, 111 years old. Monica Crowley was on Roger Stone's show, and she's written two books on, on Richard Nixon. And it was a fascinating um, presentation on Sunday. So Thank you, and brilliant. We have to run along. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your family, your loved ones. Love and gratitude for your being here with me and allowing me to be with you. God willing, back tomorrow at 4 for Boston Nerdy's Rush Hour. We're leaving you with Queen. Number one on the charts today. Bohemian Rhapsody. Till next time. Bye.
Trigger